Welcome, coaches, to another episode of Coach's Corner, PTR's podcast series. My name is Brian Parkinen, and I'll be your host for today's episode. We're thrilled to have you joining us. To our PTR members, a huge thank you for your continued support from all of us at headquarters. If you're not currently a PTR member, we'd love to have you join the PTR family. Jump on over to ptrtennis.org to learn more about membership opportunities. We've got a great episode in store for you today, coaches. Joining us today is Dean Hollingworth. Let's dive into a little bit of background information on Dean. Dean has over 25 years of experience as a strength and conditioning coach. Dean has established himself as a highly regarded author, speaker, and fitness and performance consultant. He is a certified strength and conditioning specialist, as well as being a master tennis performance specialist by the International Tennis Performance Association. Dean is a part of the advisory staff of Racket Fit, as well as being part of Team PTR's education consulting group. Dean has recently published the Baseline Power video series, which addresses all aspects of fitness training for tennis athletes. Dean is currently the Director of Fitness and Sport Performance at Club CDL, located in Montreal, Canada. While at Club CDL, Dean works primarily with high-performance tennis players, but has worked with athletes of all levels, including tennis players within the ITF, ATP, as well as WTA ranks. Some of the athletes that Dean has worked with in the past have been included Grand Slam champions, Olympic gold medalists, as well as a number one ranked WTA doubles athlete. Dean's work with world-class athletes has given him a deep understanding of the requirements and balance for high performance, helping athletes he works with develop all facets of athleticism. So let's dive into today's topic. Shop Talk, all things fitness. All right, Dean, thank you very much for being on the show with us today and uh, really appreciate your time uh, spending it with us tonight. Uh, thank you so much for having me on, Brian. It's always a pleasure uh, to talk shop with you and, uh, you know, hang out. Awesome. No, and, and so talk to us a little bit, Dean, about it's, it's definitely been some interesting times lately. And, uh, you know, everyone's been so creative and, and, and really coming together. Talk to us a little bit about what have you been doing to, to really fill your time and, and what have you really been exploring in terms of new projects or, or identifying as, as new opportunities? Yeah. Um, well, for myself, I've been very fortunate that um, I've been working with a good amount of clients online using Zoom or FaceTime. So whether it's been a, um, an older client and or a 12-year-old client, I've been working with people you know, a few times a day, actually more than a few times a day. I've, I've actually built up a nice clientele through that. I'm extremely fortunate, as I've said. Also, um, you know, I've spent time posting on Instagram. I'm trying to help out in any way I can, providing people with a way to work out at home. And it's actually been really interesting trying to come up with work, workout programs where you really don't have any equipment because I don't want to use anything um, like a Swiss ball or dumbbells because people may not have that. And I wanted workouts that would really pertain to everybody and would be able to you know, implement right away. So for example, you know, all I've used is a chair, a towel and an elastic band. And for myself professionally, it's actually been really um, a good adventure coming up with different types of exercises that are effective, 
um, not too circus-like, and um, that will help people maintain their fitness and keep them ready, hopefully, for, you know, one day this will pass and really want to see people, you know, hit the ground running and, and be healthy as soon as they hit the uh, courts. Yeah, no, it's been really fun to watch just everything that you've been doing. It's, it's been interesting, right, because we were out in Indian Wells together you know, then, uh, right when the cancellation occurred and, uh, you know, flew back from that event. And uh, one of the things that, that really stood out to me was you were one of the first people that I saw on social media that really took a, a, a step forward and said, hey, I'm, I'm putting my services out there. Let's just, you know, let's connect. You know, we're, we're going to have some time on our hands. The, the interesting part and why that hit me so much is, do you see yourself leveraging this more in the future, even when we get back to things you know, as close as the way that they used to be as, as they possibly can be, but do you see yourself leveraging this? What have you found by spending you know, a lot more time utilizing the digital approach? Is it something that's gonna you know, be able to be maintained as you go forward or integrated? Yeah. Um, just before I answer that question, I just want to say that that week or two where I put out, you know, I told people if they want to ch talk about fitness or anything about, you know, if they want to become a fitness coach uh, to contact me, even a free 30 minute session. It was a wonderful response that I got from people. People were so thankful. And I spoke to people literally all over the world and people from Spain and Turkey and, and places where they have it a lot, Italy spoke to somebody where they have it a lot worse than, than we we've had or, and, and have. So that was a wonderful experience. But to answer your, your question, yes, I really, it's really proven to a lot of people and to myself that this is a very viable way of training people. Um, you know, I've, I've been taken out in the driveway and put ask the athletes put cones out and, and hurdles and had them do specific drills. Even in a person's basement, I've been able to create, you know, within a small area, really efficient movement patterns that, that replicate exactly what a tennis player does. You know, if it's teaching them how to do to, to a better split step to a crossover and change of direction, we've been able to do that. And, and the real positive thing about it is that it hasn't taken a lot of room and it hasn't taken a lot of equipment. For example, so I do our sports study group. I'm, I'm doing that still five days a week with them. And, and I've committed to them that I wasn't going to let them go. And we work five days a week. So I know for a fact not everybody has cones and hurdles. So I said, hey, bring three pairs of socks. And we put the socks out and we did a high knee drill over to them. And then, you know, with tennis balls, dropping a ball, running back and forth and trying to catch it. So, you know, if you really do take the time and think about it and try to construct ways of bettering the athlete with what they have, it's very doable. And, you know, when the weather starts to get a little better out here, because we're still in the low 40s in terms of, of uh, temperature, so it's a little chilly, you know, the outdoor aspect is really going to come into play and we'll start making things really interesting. That, sorry, that combined with Zoom where I can share my screen. And as you know, I have so many exercises that I've already videotaped. I don't need to stand up and start showing the athlete how to do them. I just pull up the video and say, okay, you see, this is how I'm doing this. This is how you can move better. And it's been working out really, really well. No, and it, it's great to hear. And I think that, that, you know, that's such a good segue into kind of the next question that, that I really have is, 
you know, every coach right now is looking for an opportunity. If I'm not able to be on the court, or let's say I, I am back on the court working my, my normal schedule, is there a way of infusing an additional income opportunity? And this whole idea of, of have, having and leveraging uh, the digital resources that we have available, it's such a new era in terms of opportunities for coaches to go. One of the things that you did was you actually offered a virtual training session for your sports study group. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about how that actually came together and kind of talk to the coaches about how they would go about planning this or, or implementing this at the, within their own programs? Yeah. So the way, I mean, the way it came about was the club closed down and, and the kids really had nothing to do. You know, the, some of them were working out and then I got, I got a little wind that, you know, some were just going to YouTube videos and that started to scare me a little. And um, so what I did was I constructed the week the way I would a normal training week. I really still implementing the real basic fundamentals and principles of training. So for example, today we worked on, on strength and conditioning. Tomorrow, we're gonna, I'm going to see them. We're also doing you know, speed drills. I know it's kind of hard, but we can do wall drills. We can do arm drills and some other things for speed. And then also plyometrics. And you know, then we'll finish off. I got, we'll do a lot of mobility work for the end of the day. So our, our week will, will go along those lines. You really, you know, you always have to plan stuff out, but I found now it's even more important to really be picky and really pay attention to all the minutia that it really has to be so well planned out because you have to expect, you have to know what the people have in their home or the space that they have. So I've been very fortunate. There's only eight kids, but they all pretty much have the same basic area. So you know, working on movement patterns, as I said already, has been really, e you know, easy because let's face it, from the split step to, to a crossover, a shuffle and coming back, that's really that three meter bubbles, what really, really important for a tennis player. So we've been really able to manipulate that um, and use bands for training, uh, towels for training, uh, the chair. And listen, is it ideal? No, but is it good i think it's better than good i've been pleasantly pleasantly surprised in what i've seen the athletes do they've been very committed i'm extremely appreciative of that and i'm convinced that they are still progressing and getting better even under these circumstances yeah no and that, that's that's what I, you know in every uh, you know situation and there's always opportunities that can evolve from that and that's been something that just watching how you've really kind of taken this in stride and leveraged, you know, a, a challenging situation and, and really looked for the silver lining within, within that to, to make the most of it and, and make it into a positive. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing, uh, sorry, the other thing I didn't mean to, the other thing I want to bring up before I forget was it's not only training the athlete. And I think this is, this could be even, this is probably better for, for tennis coaches is, you know, they send me videos of themselves moving or they'll have a question like, hey, am I doing this exercise right? And then we can sit down also over FaceTime or Zoom and pull up the video and I can say, hey, listen, this is how it should be looking. This is maybe where you can improve and this is what you've done very well and, you know, put them on a better track. So a question then to follow up on that. Yeah. Do you feel that... Uh 
with this opportunity, has it improved your coaching just because of the opportunity to take a much deeper dive and look more specifically at each one of your athletes? Oh, that is, that is, that's the big money question right now. I mean, where I've had, I've had to improve. I've had to improve. As I've stated, I had to be, I had to think, you know, come up with different exercises. That's just one thing. But directing the athlete on how to do the exercises and so it, it has been phenomenal because they'll they'll do exactly what you tell them to do so if you tell them to turn left they're going to turn left you know it's not just show them and have them do it a lot of this is verbal and then the other thing is is been interesting that sometimes i've gotten a, a different view and i know you've talked about this a lot when, when you talk to coaches about standing in one place you know and just watching from there how important it is to move around well i've seen some of these athletes in, in a different light at a different level because sometimes they're putting their iPads, their iPhones right on the ground. So boom, I got two knees right in front of me and it's like, I can't miss if, if something's happening within, within a squat or a lunge. Absolutely. No. And that's, it's interesting, right? So just to be able to, you know, we're so molded into our normal approach and what we're comfortable with uh, and, and to be challenged, step outside of our comfort, comfort zone. And, and as you mentioned, just challenging yourselves with communication, how your own personal communication has to evolve to be more specific based on the environment that you're in. All right, so here's, here's the big question, right? We're, we're getting ready, hopefully getting back into the clubs and our programs are getting ready to start up sooner rather than later. If I don't have direct access to a, tra a local trainer, a trainer that's on staff, what would you, what would be your best recommendation for me organizing a program to start up an efficient and effective fitness program? Well, I think it's, it's really, there's a few, there's more than a few factors because that's a huge question. Um, depending on the age of the athletes, first of all, I think we have to better structure, um, let's call it fitness training for, for a lack of a better word for the younger kids and building them up as better athletes coming into, let's say the ages of 12, 13, 14. Um, what I'm seeing in a lot of clubs is that the kids of the younger ages, below the age of 12 and 13, do not have the necessary foundation of whether it's athleticism and also in terms of strength. So having said that, we want to really start a foundation of teaching the kids, okay, doesn't matter what age you are, you should, well, I mean, you know, within reason, you should know how to squat, you should know how to lunge, you should know how to do the basics. Now, I'm not talking about bodybuilding, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking and talking about very fundamental characteristics that all these athletes need to have. We need to teach the kids how to run better, how to skip and provide them with all this stimulus. So they be, they're just a sponge. They're waiting to take on new adventures, you know, always putting, and I'm not, I don't want to knock the ladder because I've knocked it too many times already, but put a ladder out and just watch them breeze through it. No, if you're going to put the ladder out, continue to challenge the athletes in being challenged and pushing them outside of their comfort zone in terms of being able to do things. That's how they will start developing better skills as an athlete. And I say the word athlete a million times. And Brian, we've had this conversation many times and I've told you over and over again, 
I don't build tennis players. I build better athletes. And this is what I want to see because what breaks my heart, and I honestly mean this, is when I see a kid of 13 or 12 years old come into our program and is a decent tennis player, but athletically they are so far behind because they, they haven't, it's not even a question of building a system around them. It's just providing them with something. So the extremely long answer that I've given you, and I apologize, has, is mainly work, keep it simple, stupid. You know, it doesn't have to be long. 30 minutes during, you know, four times a week. I think it's awesome. Give the kids challenges to do. Challenge them, not just in terms of hitting balls, but in terms of running style, in terms of speed, jumping, hopping. Develop these characteristics. Yeah. yeah. No, and that's uh, great advice on that one. And, and I know there's, you know, that's a question that we get so often at headquarters. Is, you know, how, where do I start? You know, how, how do I, we, we don't have, you know, a, a trainer, a full-time trainer on, on site, on staff or access to it. You know, how do I, as a coach, just start the program from the ground up? So it's so a great feedback um, on that side. You know, one of the, one of the final items that I'd love to get into with you, Dean, is, you know, we, you and I have had quite a few conversations about this and you're quite passionate about this idea of integrated fitness uh, and, and, you know, there's, again, going back to talking to a lot of coaches, the mentality is always that fitness needs to be this, this singular pillar and, and it stands alone and, and by itself. Um, but you, you've taken a little bit of a different approach to that. Can, can you kind of talk about this idea of integrated fitness? Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, having it always separate it's great to mix them together. Listen, there's going to be times when you're going to be in, you want to be in the gym and develop strength and that should be done in the gym. What I found in it, and it's, it's beneficial twofold. And most importantly, the kids love it. Bringing cones onto the court with elastic bands and medicine balls and going through the various movement patterns that they would do on a tennis court and have them perform that without a racket. Now, they, why, you know, people say, but it's tennis, they should have a racket. Yes, it's true. However, when you don't have that racket in your hand, you're able to focus on the movement that you're trying to perform, and you're able to, to better that movement and to really ingrain that movement. And that's what we want, because as soon as the athlete has to start watching a ball and swinging a racket, that starts taking up more headspace and starts taking away from their movement capabilities. And it's been amazing how when you resist an athlete from doing a movement and then you allow them to do it with a tennis racket, they're actually amazed at how better they moved. Also throwing a med ball. I mean, listen, throw the med ball eight times to, to a partner or eight times uh, against a wall and come back and hit a bunch of forehands again and, and mix that up and just keep it back and forth. What, what we found is, A, They've enjoyed it. Time has gone by very, very quickly. And the, the, the improvement during that session, I'm not going to say long-term, but for that session, I mean, they, they, feel they feel the ball better. They feel the ground better. We're, we're really enhancing their, their, their movement and their power. Yeah, it's, it's always been just fascinating having that conversation with you because it it, it's a little bit of a different mindset and approach to really – improving the overall experience of the athletes as well as improving the environment that the athletes uh, are really uh, going through on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, it, you know, and it's, listen, we don't do it 
uh, every day. I mean, I'm not saying to do it every day. We we've done it in the past and we did it once a week and, and that, that was, that was really sufficient and was really beneficial. So, uh, again, you cannot take away the fact that the kids loved doing it. I mean that, you know, when they're involved and, and they're engaged and they're purposeful training, I mean, it, that just leads to, to learning and, and betterment. Excellent. Lo lo love hearing it. And, you know, that, 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 that segues us into the, the final piece of the puzzle here, Dean. And uh, here's my question for you. And, and you've always been, uh, since I've known you, uh, just really passionate about the things that are so important to making you a great coach. And if you had to bottle that up and say, here's the three most important skills uh, or aspects or, or, or personal traits that a great coach has, in your mind, what are three key things to be successful as a coach? What does that coach need to possess? Well, one thing that people have always said about me, and I, it, it makes me smile, and I, I, you know, I feel shy about it, if you will, um, is that I'm always referred to as being passionate, and I am passionate. You know, when I'm out there on the court or on the field or in the gym. I want to succeed and I want the kids to succeed and, and being able to help someone achieve goals that they didn't think were possible. They have goals. And when you're helping them get beyond that, I, I don't think there's any greater reward than that knowledge. I mean, continuing education, my goodness. I mean, don't ever stop. I, I laugh because if I take an online course or if I'm at a conference and I watch something, I, I feel like, oh my God, I really don't know that much. Like, I just, I just feel like I don't know that much. And, and lastly, and you've heard me talk enough times and, and do podcasts and, and lectures that, you know, people don't care how much you know until you know you care. And I, I truly do care about all my athletes. And I, I, yeah, I mean, when, if something doesn't go right, it doesn't go right for me. It's not just, uh, whatever. And as a coach, Hey, if you're looking for a nine to five job, don't bother because it's, it sticks with you all day and, and you have to plan at night. And, you know, if it's on a weekend, you know, someone didn't have a good match and you want to reach out to them. It's, 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 uh, I don't want to say 24 seven, but it's pretty close. Awesome. Awesome. Well, th well, there you have it coaches. Those are, those are the three keys, uh, just to keep thinking about and keep, uh, really striving for and evolving yourself around and, uh, in terms of really striving for greatness and, and becoming that successful coach. So, Dean, this has been an absolute pleasure spending some time with you tonight. Uh, we we greatly appreciate you, you spending the time with us. And, uh, again, thanks for all that you do for coaches around the world. And uh, thanks for being a, such a great member and asset to, to PTR as an organization. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's always a pleasure to do these things uh, with you, with PTR. I'm very proud to be part of Team PTR. And I look forward to a lot of great things in the future and specifically everyone being safe and well and getting back on court. Thank you, Dean. And what a pleasure it was talking shop on all things fitness. Check out the links below for ways that you can connect with Dean personally. We hope all of you enjoyed today's episode and we look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of PTR's Coach's Corner.